I'm, I'm feeling something on my heart today. I need God to help me. I want the church to help me uh, as I try to deliver the burden of my heart. Something I felt like God talked to me about for this church today. Amen. And as you can tell, I am really struggling with my voice this morning. But the Lord always seems to help me. He always seems to come through and help me. And I appreciate that very much. But I covet your prayers. Amen. I ask that you would pray for me, that God would help me this morning to be able to deliver this the way that I feel it today. Amen. I need you to step up to the plate. I need you to help me. I need some good saints of God to uh, respond, to worship, amen, and help me as I try to deliver this today. Let's turn to the book of Isaiah, chapter 54, <clears throat> Isaiah 54, and we're going to read the first eight verses here of this chapter, Isaiah 54, verses 1 through 8. Praise God. Amen, amen, amen. Oh, it's good to see Becca here too. I just totally overlooked her and Grant, and, and it's good to have her back home. Praise God. Amen. I'm, I'm not trying to overlook anybody. If I overlook anybody else, forgive me. Just uh, write it off to age, all right? And uh, I, I'm really kind of enjoying this, you know, reaching this stage in my life where I can just blame age for everything. And, uh, and everybody says, oh, I understand, I understand, praise God. Amen. <clears throat> Isaiah 54, beginning with verse number 1. The prophet, under the anointing of the Holy Ghost, began to write to the people of Israel, and this is what he said. Sing, O barren, thou that didst not bear. Break forth into singing and cry aloud. Thou that didst not travail with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. Enlarge the place of thy tent, and let them stretch forth the curtains of thine habitations. Spare not, lengthen thy cords, and strengthen thy stakes. For thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left, and thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles, and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. Fear not, for thou shalt not be ashamed, neither be thou confounded, for thou shalt not be put to shame. For thou shalt forget the shame of thy youth, and shalt not remember the reproach of thy widowhood any more. For thy maker is thine husband, the Lord of hosts is his name, and thy redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the God of the whole earth, shall he be called. For the Lord hath called thee as a woman forsaken and grieved in spirit, and a wife of youth when thou wast refused, saith thy God. For a small moment have I forsaken thee, but with great mercies will I gather thee. In a little wrath I hid my face from thee for a moment, but with everlasting kindness will I have mercy on thee, saith the Lord thy Redeemer. Well, hallelujah. 
I want you to pay attention, especially to verse 2. This is where I'm going to draw my title from here this morning. Verse 2, he says, enlarge the place of thy tent. Enlarge the place of thy tent. And let them stretch forth the curtains of thine habitations. Spare not. Spare not. Lengthen thy cords and strengthen thy stakes. Enlarge the place of thy tent. And that's what I want to talk to you about for a while this morning is enlarging the tent. Well, hallelujah. Enlarging the tent. Why don't you put your Bibles down and let's ask the Lord to speak to us today. Can we? name. I feel his touch here today. Let's worship him for just a moment more. Let's worship him, everybody. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Isaiah, of course, was one of the prophets who prophesied of the coming destruction uh, that was, that was uh, uh, impending upon Israel uh, because of their hardened hearts and because that they refused to, to do the things God wanted them to do. And God told them that he was going to send judgment upon them. And Isaiah was one of those who had prophesied some of that judgment. But here in this particular passage, the Lord begins to talk to Israel again. And, and he begins to tell them that, yes, there was a moment when I forsook you. There was a time when I turned my face from you. But he said, I want you to understand it was only a short time. But things are going to turn around. Things are not going to stay the way they have been. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Amen. Things are not going to remain the way they have been, Israel. I had to do what I did, but I'm telling you, it's about to turn around. And everything is going to be different. Hallelujah. There's a day coming when you're not going to be sad. You're not going to feel alone. You're not going to feel forgotten anymore. 
And it is in that moment that he gives them the instruction. Read for us again, Brother Goff, Isaiah 54 and verse 1. This is what he says to them. Sing, O barren. Sing, O barren. Amen. Stop the tears. Dry your eyes. You don't need to feel sorry anymore. It's time to lift your voice. Get out the harp. Amen. Get out the timbrel. It's time to sing, O barren. It's time to begin to rejoice because your fortune is about to turn around well praise God sing O barren thou that didst not bear Break forth into Break singing, forth into singing and, cry aloud, and cry aloud. Thou that didst, thou that not, didst prevail not prevail with child. For more are the for children of the are the children of the desolate than the children, than of, the the children of the married wife. Saith the Lord. Saith the Lord. Amen. He is saying to them, you've gone through a time. Amen. Where it seemed like you couldn't bring forth any children. You went through a time where it seemed the curse of God must have rested upon you because your womb was barren but he said I want you to know I'm about to change all of that uh, amen I'm about to turn things around uh, amen it's not going to stay that way anymore and I want you to understand Israel that when you start bearing children uh, amen you may have been marked as barren in the past uh, but when you start to have babies uh, you're going to have more than the ones that have been having them all along everything is going to be different well, praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 When the time of barrenness was over, God issued this command through the prophet Isaiah. And he made a statement to them that is extremely significant. Amen. He said to them, uh, now this is not in the notes to read, but could, could you get for me uh, Isaiah, it was in our text, Isaiah 54 and verse 2. I just want to remind you of what it was the Lord said to them. Amen. When he said, sing, O barren. Read for me verse 2. Here's what he says. Enlarge the place he said, of thy tent. I want to say enlarge. Enlarge the place of thy tent. And let them stretch forth the curtains. Let them stretch forth the curtains of thine habitations. Spare not. Spare not. Lengthen thy cords. Lengthen thy cords. Strengthen, strengthen thy stakes. Thy stakes. Uh, now I want you to focus on that word enlarge. Uh, and here's what you got to know. The reason this is so significant is because of what God promised Israel in the beginning. When God was ready to deliver them from Egypt, uh, he made a promise to them. Let's look at it ex Exodus chapter 3, verses 7 and 8. Listen to this. And the Lord said, The I Lord have, said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people, uh -huh. which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters. Yes. For I know their sorrows. I know their sorrows. And I am come down to deliver them. I'm come down to deliver out them. Out of the hand of the Egyptians. Yes. And to bring them up and, out of that and land. And listen, to bring them up out of that land. Unto a good unto land. Unto a good land. And a large. And a large. And unto a land flowing with well, milk and honey. a land flowing with milk and honey. Unto the, the place, place of the, of the Canaanites, Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites and the Chiggerbites and whatever else. 
Scratch that last one. Praise God. And so look, here's what he says. He said, I, he said, I am going to take you to a good land and a large. Amen. His original promise to the Israelites was I'm going to send you to a large land. But now through the prophet Isaiah, he turns around and he says something to them that seems to exceed the original promise. Read again verse number two. Brother, brother Goff, read it again. Enlarge the place of thy tent. Now listen to me, church. Here's what he said. When he said, I'm bringing you out, he said, I'm going to take you to a large land. But then, after a time of captivity, and after a time of barrenness, God said, it was large when I promised it to you, but it's time to make it even larger. It's time to go beyond, amen, even what I originally said. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. It's time, amen, for you to understand that what I originally promised was just the beginning. But I am going to do something even bigger. I'm going to do something even greater. I'm going to take you somewhere. And I'm going to do something for you that goes beyond even what I originally said to you. Hallelujah. Amen. He said... He said, I'm going to give you to a good land and a large. But now he says, I'm going to make it even bigger. In fact, let me read to you from another translation. I really like the way they put this. They said, this is the way they said it. They said, make your tent bigger. Make your tent bigger. Now listen, listen. Don't, no, he said, make your tent bigger. Open your doors wide. Don't think small. Make your tent large and strong. Hallelujah. Amen. I like that. Amen. He said, Israel, he said, it's time to stretch out that tent. It's time for you to understand. Amen. That what you've got in your eyes is nearly big enough for what I want to do. You have not even imagined how big I want to make this thing. Oh, hallelujah. You have not even fathomed just how large this is going to be. He said, don't think small. Don't think small, Israel. Get beyond that small thinking. Amen. And look and let me take that good land and large and you make it even larger. Now, now God was clearly telling them, don't settle. For what already was. But he said expect things to get even bigger. Than what the original promise seemed to indicate. Amen. The reason that they were to make their tent bigger. Was found in the very next verse. Read verse 3 for me. Brother Goff. For thou shalt break forth Here's from the right why, hand. Here's why, Israel. This is why that you're going to have to build a bigger tent. He said you're going to break forth on the right hand. And on the left. And you're going to break forth on the left hand. Amen. He said, I'm telling you now that whatever you build, it's not going to be big enough to contain what I'm about to give you. You're going to break forth on the right hand. And you're going to, oh, I feel this. You're going to break forth on the left hand. And you'll see is going to inherit the Gentiles and the desolate cities are, oh God, are about to be inhabited. My Lord, my Lord, hallelujah, amen. God promised 
to grant them habitations that went beyond their borders. And then he gave them further instruction. Verse number four, read. Fear not. Fear not. Everyone say fear not. Fear not. For thou shalt not thou be ashamed. Shall not be ashamed. Neither be thou confounded. Neither be confounded. For thou shalt not You're be not going to be put to shame. For thou shalt You're going to forget the shame of thy youth. And shalt not You're not going to remember the reproach of thy, of thy widowhood anymore. Amen. God said, I'm about to make it so good that all those tears you've cried, all of that time of feeling, amen, like God didn't know where you are. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to make it so good going forward that you're going to forget all about that. Amen. It's going to be just a distant memory. You're going to forget the shame that was on you. You're going to forget the reproach that was on you. I'm going to give you something so big and so wonderful. Hallelujah. Don't be afraid, Israel. You're not going to be ashamed. Amen. Amen. Now, now listen what he's saying. When he says, fear not, neither be thou ashamed. What he's saying is, he had just told them to enlarge their tents. And he said, make those, make those cords long and make, make the pegs strong. And he said, don't be afraid. You're not going to be ashamed. You just go ahead and make it as big as you want to make it. And you're not going to be embarrassed at how big you made it. Oh. Hallelujah. Amen. You just go ahead, Israel, and you dream of a tent so large. Amen. You build it as large as you can imagine it to be. And I'm going to tell you, others may laugh at you and say you'll never fill that up. But God said, I want you to know you're not going to be ashamed at what you build. You're not going to be embarrassed. I'm going to make sure that I fill up everything that you build. Come on, Israel. It's time for you to Enlarge your tent. Now, the reason they would not be ashamed was because of who was stepping in to take care of them. Amen. Read verses 5 through 8. For thy maker is thy For husband. For thy maker. You're not married to just anybody. Israel, you got to understand. Amen. Your husband is not just anybody. Your husband is the creator of the universe. Amen. Well, hallelujah. The Lord of hosts his is his name. Now look, anytime he uses this phrase, the Lord of hosts, he's talking in military terms. He's saying, I am the leader of great armies. You don't have to worry, Israel, that you're going to build it too big and you're going to have all this space left over because you're married to the one who created everything and the one who is the commander of the heavenly armies. Hallelujah. You just go ahead, Israel. You build it big. You build it big and I'm going to come in and take care of you. Amen. Well, read, read, read. And thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel is your husband. The God of whole earth the God shall be called. Of the whole earth 
shall he be called. For the Lord hath called thee as a woman forsaken. He saw you. He saw you like somebody out there on her own, not able to do anything. She'd been cast aside, but God saw you in that condition, and he had pity on you, and he had mercy on you, and he loved you. Amen. He saw you as a woman forsaken and and grieved in spirit, spirit, and a wife of youth youth, when you were refused, saith thy God. God, Read. For For just a small moment, I forsook you. Amen. But with great mercies, I'm coming back. Amen. Oh, listen to this now. In a little wrath, I hid my face from thee for a moment. But with with everlasting kindness, will I have mercy. mercy. Amen. You felt felt a little bit of my wrath for just a short time. But the mercy that I'm about to pour out on you is not just going to be for a moment. It's not just going to be for an hour. It's not just going to be for a day. But it's going to be everlasting kindness that I bestow upon you. Oh, hallelujah. Well, praise God. Praise God. Amen. It was because of who was making the promise and what he was promising that they needed to enlarge their tent and make room for bigger things. It appears to me that if they would simply lift up their heads and make bigger preparations. God would fill their expectations. If I'm understanding this passage right, then what God was saying, amen, is that I will limit myself only to the preparations that you make. You establish the boundaries. You tell me how big you want this tent to be. You let me know. And God said, when you set the limit, that's where I'll stop. But if you can make it bigger, if you can make it bigger, you just keep on building and I'll see to it. You'll never be embarrassed by what you build. You're never going to be embarrassed, amen, by how much you've enlarged the place. He would be limited only to the boundaries they established. Whatever they could imagine, whatever they could dream, whatever they could believe God for. God said, you're the one that's going to decide just how big this thing gets. God said, I don't have any other limits. I'm not setting any boundaries. I'm letting you set the boundaries. How big do you want it to be? Well, oh, hallelujah. Listen, this is how God worked repeatedly throughout the Bible. He is a God of enlargement. You hear me? I said he's a God of enlargement. God loves to take the small things and make something big out of it. Just two fishes and five loaves and 5,000 men, not counting women and children, were fed. God took the small thing. God took the little thing. He's a God of enlargement. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Let's, 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 
I gotta, I gotta slow down here for a minute. Amen. Let's let's look at another example of how God enlarges things and what God does and how God wants his people, amen, to enlarge their tents. Listen to First Chronicles chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren, and his mother called him Jabez, saying... Now, 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 now let me tell you. Let me just throw this in there, first of all. You see where this is found. First Chronicles chapter 4. If you, if you read your Bible through like I encourage you to do. You know that those first few chapters of First Chronicles is just so-and-so begat so-and-so, and so-and-so begat so-and-so. And it's just this long list of begats, and ain't nothing in there except this one begat this one and so on and so forth. And, uh, and it really doesn't mean a whole lot, I'm just being honest, to, to most of us to read that long list of genealogies. We're, we're, not really, we're not really that interested in all of that. But, but in the middle of all that genealogy, God just stopped things for a moment and said, Now wait, let me talk about this one that was begotten. Let me focus on one individual in this list here. There's a whole lot of people named in these chapters. But there's one man that I just got to say something special about. And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. Read. And his mother called his and name his mother Jabez. Called his name Jabez. Saying because now that I means him. sorrow or sorrowful. Now, how would you like to have a name like that? <laughs> uh, hey, sorry, come here. That's what she named him. Come here. She said, I bore him in sorrow. Now, commentators are divided. They don't know exactly what happened here. They don't know uh, if it was because the husband may have died uh, when, when he was born or, or if it was just a lot of pain during the process of childbirth. You know, nobody really knows. But all we know is that for whatever reason, Jabez's mama decided to name him Sorrow. So every time she looks at the baby, She's reminded of her grief. And that's the way he's raised. How would you like to be raised in an environment like that? That all you are is a reminder of someone's pain. I've actually seen people have treated their kids that way. I have. They remind them constantly. A family that I knew of some years ago that adopted some kids. And they constantly reminded them. I had to cancel my career because of you. I had to give up this because of you. I had to quit this because of you. And all of their life, they're just hearing, amen, what sorrow they brought. Now, that's what's happening here. And I'm going to tell you, Jabez could have just gone and buried himself in a hole somewhere and said, forget it. He could have said, there's no hope for me. There's no chance for me. But that's not the kind of man Jabez was. He was more honorable than his brethren. In fact, the Bible doesn't even tell us what his brethren were like. Except that by, by inference, we know that they were less honorable than Jabez was. They weren't near the man he was. Well, hallelujah. So what was it about Jabez that struck something in the heart of God? Let's read verse 10. 
And Jabez, Jabez called, called on the God of Israel, God saying, of Israel, and this is what he said. Oh, that thou oh, bless that you'd bless me indeed, and enlarge, and enlarge my, coast, my coast, and that thine that hand, might, hand be with me, might be with me, that thou wouldest, and keep, thou me wouldest evil, keep me from evil, that it may not, that it grieve, may not me. grieve me. And listen, and, and God, God granted him, granted him that which he requested. Now we can read through these and, and there are four things that Jabez asked of God not in this order for a reason. Amen. But here's the four things he said. Number one, God, I want your blessing. Number two, I want your protection. Number three, I want you to keep me from evil. Amen. Let me continue to walk in righteousness. And then number four, he said, I want you to enlarge my coast. I'm tired of living in this little square space of sorrow and trouble. I'm tired of everybody looking down on me. I'm tired of everybody talking about how much trouble I caused. I'm sick of living like that. So here's what I'm asking God. Would you give me something bigger? Give me something greater. Let me go beyond my lot in life. Let me find something that is beyond anything else that anybody's got. I want your blessing. I want you to keep me. I want you to protect me. And God, I want you to enlarge my coast. And God granted him what he requested. Listen to me, saints of God. We got to get beyond this mindset of, oh, God might not want to touch me. God might not want to bless me. God might not want to help me. I'm telling you, God's looking for somebody that'll say, Lord, just enlarge my coast. I believe you're able. I believe you're willing. And I might as well enjoy it. I don't have to stay where I am. I don't have to stay like I am. Life doesn't have to be what mom and daddy said it was going to be. There is hope outside of what I'm living right now. I'm telling you, there's so many people raised in the homes of alcoholics and drug addicts and, and felons and you name it. And, and they're told, this is what you're going to be. You can't help it. You're going to follow in your parents' footsteps. You're, you're going to be just like them. But God's looking for a Jabez. This is, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not living in that little square. That may have been what mama did. That may have been what daddy did. But that's not where I'm going to live. God, would you enlarge my coast? Would you give me something bigger? Would you give me something better? I don't want to live that life filled with drugs and alcohol and sin and shame. Give me something, God, that I can hold up and say the Lord has enlarged my coast. Oh, I feel like preaching today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't even know how many times in the Psalms that David, David wrote about God's enlargement. Let's go to a couple of passages here. Psalm 18, verses 17 to 19. He delivered Psalm 18, me verse 17, he delivered me from my strong from my enemy strong enemies and from them which hated me from them which hated me for they were too they strong were for me too strong for me I, I, I was hemmed in right. I'm telling you they, they had me cornered. 
I didn't have a hope. There was just no way I was getting out of this mess except God stepped in. And listen to what he says, verse 18. They prevented me in the day of my they calamity. They prevented me in the day of my calamity. But the Lord, but the was, Lord my stay. was my stay. Verse 19. He brought me he forth, brought me forth also, also into, into a, large, a place. large place. He delivered me. He delivered me. Because he delighted, because in, he delighted me. in me. Amen. Now David wrote about it again in Psalm 118, verses 5 and 6. Read. I called upon, I called the, Lord upon the Lord in distress. And the Lord, and the answered, Lord answered me. And set and me in, set a, large me in place. a large place. The Lord, is, the on Lord is on my side. I will not fear. I will not fear. What can man, what do, can unto man do unto me? David spent many years living in tight caves, running from Saul, trying to hide from a madman that was wanting to destroy him without cause. Amen. I'm going to tell you, it's not a comfortable thing to live in a cave. Amen. I, I wouldn't want to have to live in caves, to live in hiding all the time. David spent many years living in hiding. Just a little bitty fence around him is all that he had. Amen. That cave. Amen. But I'm going to tell you, he went from the cave of Adullam. Amen. He went from all of the caves of Israel. Amen. When God got ready, God took him from the cave, amen, to the throne and made him the king over Israel. He set David in a large place. Hallelujah. God expanded the borders of Israel while David was sitting on the throne. I'm preaching today amen to the true church and to our guests that are here. I'm preaching to you about a God that is not limited amen to what the world says. He's not limited to what philosophy says but I'm telling you God wants to look down into your cave and let you know I can put you in a large place. I can give you freedom I can give you liberty. I can give you what you need. Oh, hallelujah. Whoa. I'm preaching about a God of enlargement. He wants us to enlarge our tents. He wants us to lift our eyes and look for bigger things, for greater things. God is not limited to the small. No friend, life doesn't always have to be like it is right now. God sees the tears you've cried through the night. God knows the desperation of your heart. And he wants you to know today you don't have to live under those limitations anymore. He's a God of enlargement. He's got a life for you that is life abundant. show you something here. Let me show you something. Let's go to 2 Kings chapter 4. 
a little bit of a lengthy reading, but listen to what it says, 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. Read for me. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets Uh unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. My husband is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. You know how he feared God. And the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons. Has come to take my sons. To be a bondsman. To be bondsman. And Elisha said unto her, Elisha said, What shall I do for thee? What do you want me to do? Tell me. What hast thou in the house? Tell me what you've got. And she said, thy handmaid hath not anything in the house. Uh, I don't have anything. See, this woman was about to lose the last thing she had of meaning, and that was her kids. There was a debt that her husband owed. Amen. And she now had to try to pay it off. And they waited till her husband died to come and collect. They wanted to catch her in her time of weakness. And they said, since you can't pay, we're going to take your two boys and we're going to make them slaves. And they'll work to pay this debt. She said, I don't have anything in the house. I don't have anything except. Save a pot of oil. I have one pot of oil. That's all I have. That's not much, is it? That's not a whole lot. Can't do much with just one pot of oil. Amen. I mean, you need some flour. You need something besides just that oil. Amen. You got to do something. She said, that's all I've got, prophet. Read. Then he said, go. He said, here's what I want you to do. Borrow these I vessels abroad of all our neighbors. vessels from all your neighbors. Even empty vessels. I want you to get empty vessels. Borrow not a few. And listen. Listen. Don't just go borrow one or two. And when thou art don't, coming don't, in. Don't just stop with the next door neighbor. Don't just stop with the one across the street. Don't borrow just a few. Now, do you understand what he's saying to her? He's telling her. He said, you are going to set the limitations. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, she didn't understand that, I'm sure. But listen, that's what we read. As we read on, that's what he's telling her. He's saying, you're going to set the limitation on just how much God's going to give you. So if you just want a little bit, then just borrow one or two. But I'm telling you, don't borrow just a few. You go borrow every vessel you can find. You start making preparation because God's about to do something for you. Read. When thou art come in, when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door, shut the upon, door thee upon thee and upon thy, and sons, on thy sons, and shalt pour and take out that one pot of oil you've got and start pouring it into, into every vessel vessels. you've borrowed. And thou shalt set aside, and set aside that which is the vessels that are full. So she went from so him. She went from him. Shut the door shut upon, the door her, upon and her, her and her sons. Who brought the vessels to they, her? They brought the vessels to her. And she poured out. And she poured out. And it came to pass. It came to pass. When the vessels were full. When the vessels were full. That she said unto her son. She said to her son, "Bring me yet Bring me another one. Bring me another one. Bring." And he said bring, unto her, "He said, there is not there's a vessel more. No more vessels anywhere. And the oil, and the stayed. oil stayed. I'm telling you, the only limit God put on how much oil she got was how much she prepared." 
the only limit that God set. He said, you determine how many vessels. He meant, I'm going to fill up. I'll fill up every empty vessel you bring. I'll fill up. E- oh, somebody hear what I just said. I'll fill up every empty vessel you bring. You bring them. I'll fill them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now read on, read on, read on. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, go. He said, now go. Sell the oil oil and pay thy debt. debt. And live thou and and thy children children of the rest. Of the rest. Hallelujah. I'm I'm telling you, I guarantee she was glad she didn't just borrow one or two vessels. She was happy she didn't stop with just a half a dozen vessels. She was glad that they borrowed until they couldn't find anybody else willing to loan. Amen. Because she's going to live off of whatever's left. God didn't just give her enough to pay the debt. He gave her enough to live off of. Now how high she's going to live depends on how many vessels she had left over when the debt was paid. And how many vessels she had left over was dependent on how many she borrowed. I'm preaching to somebody here today. I'm telling you God is letting you know it all depends on how much preparation you do. It all depends on just how much you want God to do for you. The only limit God's going to put on it is how much you prepare for it. So here we are, Sunday morning, amen, June 27th, the Truth Church in Olathe, Kansas. What's all this got to do with us? Well, it's got a whole lot to do with us. Now, I, I have repeatedly mentioned to this church a moment many, many years ago when I was preaching in my home church, and my pastor, who was... Really, God used him, really, as a prophet. He really did. Those of you that have listened to the messages that I've been sharing, you know that's the truth. And I, I, I'm, I'm telling you, and I mentioned to this church, I remember a night I was preaching there. And when I got through preaching, I went and knelt down. And the elder came over and put his hand on me. And he made a statement to me. And I've shared that with the church. But let me tell you what happened. Now, this is interesting. In the midst of everything that's been going on, And us finding these tapes from 1997 and finding all these things from the elder that that we'd forgotten all about. Would you believe that yesterday I ran across where I had written down what the elder said in that prophecy? Just yesterday, I found this. Amen. And, uh, and, And here's what I've got. It was December the 24th of 1997. And he came over and laid his hand on me. And he said, fear not. I will bless thee. Think big. Dream big. And I will do it. Fear not, saith the Lord. Now, i got to be honest with you. When I got to reading that, I thought, Lord, I hadn't been afraid of anything that I know of. Why is it twice you've told me fear not? 
I, I don't know of anything I've been afraid of. And so I didn't really understand. And then this whole thing, think big, dream big. I, Lord, I've been dreaming so big. I've been thinking so big. What, what, what more was God asking of me? How large does God want me to dream? Well, I'm going to tell you, as I begin reading these passages... As I began going through these scriptures, uh, amen, something hit me. I want to go back to our text today. Isaiah 54 and verse 4. I want you to listen. Amen. I want you to listen to what Isaiah said. I, this is Isaiah 54 verse 4. Fear not. Wait a minute. What, what does he start with? Fear not. What does he start with? Fear not. For thou shalt, for thou not, be shalt not be ashamed. Neither be thou, Neither confounded. Be thou confounded. For thou for shalt thou not be be put to shame. For thou shalt forget the shame of thy youth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we talked about that. Here's what I want to tell you. These words fear not. Amen. Come on the heels of what he said in verse 2. Read that again. Enlarge he said enlarge the place of your tent. And let them let stretch, them stretch forth, forth the curtains, the curtains of, of your habitation. Spare, Spare not. not. Lengthen thy courts. And, and strengthen thy stakes. I want to tell you here is what God was saying to Israel. He's saying build it big. Build it really big. Amen. And don't be afraid that you're going to build it too big. I'm not going to let you be embarrassed by how big you dream. You just dream it big and I'll come along and I'll fulfill as big as you dream. And when I got to looking at that, Brother Nelson, I said, I believe I know why the Lord told me fear not. Not because I was afraid, but God was just saying, look, you, you think bigger than what you've been thinking. You go ahead and plan bigger than what you've been planning. And don't worry about it. As big as you build it, I'm going to fill it. As big as you make it, I'm going to see to it that it's going to be done. You're not going to be embarrassed. You're not going to be ashamed. I'm going to stand behind you. You just go ahead and you enlarge that tent. You make it as big as you want it to be. Oh, I'm telling you, I don't know what the next few months are going to hold altogether, but I believe that soon and very soon you're not going to see these empty spots on these pews. Soon and very soon this building's not going to handle what God's going to do. Soon and very soon that building out there on that board is not going to be big enough. I'm telling you, God is wanting us to enlarge our tent. Come on, somebody, get a hold of it. Get a hold of it. I want you to catch this vision today. I want you to hear what God has put on my heart. Amen. I'm telling you, this is what it said. Amen. In the other translation, it said, make your tent bigger. Open your doors wide. Don't think small. Make your tent large and strong. That's where we're headed, Olathe. That's where we're headed. We're going to build a big tent. And listen, it's not because of me. I'm nothing. I'm nobody. But I'm going to tell you it's because of him. And God wants to do something in this world. God wants to show this world just how strong, how powerful, how great he is. And if he can find somebody that will build a tent big enough. Woo. 
What did he say in verse 3? For thou shalt break forth on the right hand. You're going to break forth on the right hand. And on the left. And you're going to break forth on the left hand. And thy seed shall inherit you're the Gentiles. You're going to inherit the Gentiles. And make, the and make those desolate cities. Those inhabited. cities that don't have one God Jesus name churches. Amen. Those desolate cities, they're going to be inhabited. They're going to be inhabited. I'm telling you, God is speaking to us today. It's time to build our tent big. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Musicians, come. Amen. I'm nearly finished today. I'm nearly finished today. And I'm going to tell you what I feel in the Holy Ghost. If we'll dream big enough, if we'll plan big enough, God will so fill our borders that we're going to break forth on the right hand and we're going to break forth on the left hand. Amen. I'm telling you, it's time to enlarge our tent. Somebody grab a few more vessels. Somebody bring a few more empty vessels into the house of God because every one that we bring, God's going to fill. Oh, hallelujah. Woo. We don't want the oil to stop. The oil stopped when they ran out of vessels. How big do you want it, church? How big do you want it? How big do you want it? My pastor prophesied 5,000, 100 daughter churches. It's, and he said, somebody's going to say, the old man's crazy. He's off his rocker. He said, but I'm not. I'm in the Holy Ghost. This is what God wants to do in this city. I'm telling, to, I'm telling you, church, amen, let's grab the vessels. Let's make preparation. Let's believe that God is going to do what he said he would do. I got one more passage of scripture I want to read today as we all stand together. One more passage from the book of Acts chapter 18. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 18 verses 19. I'm sorry, verses 9 and 10. Amen. Acts 18 verses 9 and 10. The Lord is speaking to the apostle Paul and here's what he says. Read. Then spake the then Lord to Paul. Spake the Lord to Paul. In the night by a vision. In the night by a vision. Be not afraid. Be not afraid. But speak. But speak. And hold not thy hold peace. Hold not thy peace. For I am with for thee. For I am with thee. And no man and shall, no man set, on thee shall set on thee to hurt thee. For I have for much I people have in this much city. People in this city. I'm telling you, God calls those things that are not as though they were. Amen. At that point, there wasn't anybody in the church, but God saw them. God knew what was coming. He knew what was going to happen. I'm here to say, Olathe, God's got many people in this city. God's got much people across this metropolitan area. Amen. We need to enlarge our tent. We need to strengthen the cords. We need to strengthen the stakes. It's time to enlarge our tent. Oh, let's lift our hands and love him right now. Ooh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To our guest today, we are so honored that you've come. I mean that. 
I know there's a lot of places you could be today, but you chose to come to the Truth Church. And we are so honored that you have come to be with us. We really appreciate you being here. But let me just tell you, it's not a mistake that you would show up on this day when the Lord put this message on my heart. I'm going to tell you that God saw a hunger down in your soul for more than what you've got right now. You're looking for something that is more than what you've experienced. Something more than just a profession of faith. Something more than just an acceptance in your mind. You're looking for something that's real. Something that's going to change you. Something that's going to transform you. Something that's going to put your life together. That's going to pick up all the pieces that are scattered from hither to yon. I'm telling you, you came to the right place at the right time to hear the right message. God wants you to know you don't have to live in the boundaries you're in right now. You don't have to stay confined amen, to the small space that the devil wants you to believe is your lot in life. But you've come to hear a preacher today who says there is a God that will enlarge your tent. He'll give you a life like you never imagined. He'll give you happiness like you never dreamed. He'll set you free from every addiction. Amen. He'll give you amen, everything you're longing for. It's all found in the experience called the Holy Ghost. All God's looking for is a hungry heart that's willing to repent of their sins and say, God, whatever's in my life that you don't like, take it out and then fill me with you. And God will come and begin to enlarge the tent of your life. You'll be amazed at what he'll do with your life. I'm going to tell you, I know when you walk through these doors, it's easy to get the idea and the opinion that everybody on these pews have lived perfect lives. and They've been raised in a church environment. But I'm going to tell you, that's not the case. In fact, it's a small minority that's here today. Amen. That was raised in a church environment. You're looking at people who used to be addicted by all the things that this world has to offer. You're looking at a church that is filled with people who have been set free from the bondage of sin. You're looking at people who are, amen, who, who were right where you are today. But God stepped in and they gave God the opportunity to change their life. And I'm telling you, the happiness you see on their face now, they didn't used to have. But God enlarged their tent. The peace that you can see in them, they didn't used to have. But God enlarged their tent. The freedom of expression that they feel. They didn't used to have that. But God enlarged their tent. And he's no respecter of persons. I'm telling you, we've got people here today. Amen. Who spent their lives in bar rooms. Spent their lives. Amen. In various places. Doing things of which they are ashamed but they came to God and his blood washed it all away and he enlarged the tent of their life and things are so much different and he'll do the same thing for you if you'll let him 
He'll do the same thing for you. These altars are open right now. If you're hungry for something more, if you're feeling a tug at your heart, why don't you come? Why don't you come? Amen. Come and kneel before the Lord. Just lay your life before Him and say, God, I'm ready for you to change things. I'm tired of the way things have been going. I'm tired of the way things have looked. All right, there's some coming. Why don't you join them? Why don't you come? Hallelujah. Amen. To our visitors today, why don't you come and join us here today? It's not going to hurt. Everybody could use a little time in prayer. Oh, God wants to enlarge your tent. God wants to change your life. He wants to give you peace that passes understanding. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah.